everyone. Welcome to There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Each week, I talk about the difficult situations we face by peeling back the layers of politics, education, and culture. Today is April 26, 2022. What I want to talk about is the Brooklyn subway shooting. Um, and don't, don't get what I'm trying to convey wrong because I take the harm of individuals very seriously. However, as a clinician, I also tend to look at things from a clinical point of view, mental health point of view. And that's pretty much what I want to focus on, pretty much social media, um, mental health, and whatnot. So pretty much um, where I want to start at is you have to realize that this guy started posting threats on his social media page years in advance. I don't know how far back, but I've heard the term years. And he was making threats to everyday citizens, government officials, whoever just, I guess, pissed him off that day. He would literally get on social media and make these threats. Now, a lot of people would say, well, There might be mental health, which I do believe to a certain point it is. But one thing you have to understand is mental health does not necessarily mean that a person is not stable. Because if you look at his social media pages, look at statements that he was making personal listening to him, he is very articulate. He is very accurate. He's very detailed about his plans and the plans that he had in place. So with that being said, it is really sad that nobody in his immediate circle or even on social media intervene with everything that was being said by him. Now, if this was an individual, say, on a podcast, on a radio or TV show, and they were making these same type of statements, government officials, uh, FBI, everybody, they would be, you know, you you would see some type of reaction. But because, and this is my opinion, and I'm, you know, I'm talking off the cuff. I believe that social media has his has its own monitoring system. So things go unnoticed. And I don't know what 
you have to say for a reaction to be taking place. Now, me personally, I've been in Facebook jail several times because I just, I won't say I have a bad habit, but I just let the word nigger fly out my mouth constantly. Never really in a derogatory way. I know people are like, you know, we can have a whole debate on that word itself. But in most times, it's almost in a joking manner. But for some reason, certain words, they just, they pop up. Another word, Hitler. I've posted social media jokes or statements and use the word or the name Hitler. And I mean, when I say they shut my shit down, I mean, in fact, when Rush Limbaugh died, which, you know, I don't give a fuck about Rush Limbaugh, but when he died, I remember I posted on all my social media platforms that Rush Limbaugh is dining in hell with Hitler and Elvis, which ironically, I think more people took offense that I said Elvis. But for some reason, Facebook, uh, pretty much, they sent me a warning saying, you know, you can't use Hitler. I mean, Hitler, the name Hitler and the word nigger are like neck and neck. Then, um, was it um, the Georgia representative Marjorie Taylor Greene? There was a picture of, and it was it was a a meme. Somebody posted it, and I shared it on my social uh, media. Now, mind you, I got this shit off of Facebook. Now, I don't know what happened to the person that posted it, but when I posted, it said basically Hitler is with his daughter Marjorie. Taylor Green. They shut my shit down. I was on, I forgot, shit, was it 30 days they put my shit on ice? I know I couldn't post nothing live for 30 days. It might have been 10 days, but I was like, this is this some bullshit. But never have I ever threatened nobody. And trust me, the stuff that I posted, if you go to my Facebook page and Instagram page, the stuff that I post, it it gains some traction. It gains some traction and it draws a certain group of people. Now, you know, let's you know, let's keep it 100. I'm in different groups on Facebook. There are groups that are dominated by white people. And there are groups that are dominated by black people. There's different levels. Most of my groups that I'm in is dominated by black people. That's just, that's just how I roll. But even the different levels of the, I guess, the what the groups may, are made up of, you can get some people ruffled up. But one thing I have never, nobody can ever say, I've never 
made threats, I might say something like, your answer is illogic or it's not appropriate. I might even use the word ignorant every now and then. But I mean, I mean, I've been called stupid. I've been called, you know, oh my gosh. I made a statement, like when I made a statement about Will Smith. When I say white folks, that shit just set them off. I've had white women say flat out, black women need to get over that hair shit. I mean, this I'm quoting. I don't see why black women are so uptight about their hair. They need to get over that shit. She can put on a wig. Or I mean, all kind, I mean, it's it hurt me to hear women say shit like that about other women. You know, yeah, but you know, I ain't focusing on the slap. I'm focusing on the reason there was a slap. When I say women, of course, black women, most black people focus on the slap. And then also, you know, he laughs and all that type of shit. But it's just, it's just amazing how white people, stuff that they just, it's, it's amazing how blind they are. Post stuff on white group pages and just watch how, it's like throwing meat in a piranha tank. They tear that shit to pieces. But a person can say, I want to kill everyday citizens. I want to destroy government facilities and nothing. It don't even cause a blip on a radar. In fact, this motherfucker got followers. But if you say the word nigger or the name Hitler, Facebook will shut your shit down. And it's not about the threats. It's about the mental health aspect that certain things are being said that some type of red flag should be immediately thrown up and some type of intervention should be administered by a social media outlet much less the audience. You know, this guy, I'm sure he has Facebook friends. He has friends and family on Facebook and they're reading his shit. And they know the type of personality this man is. But nobody, and I could be wrong. You know, maybe they did call the authorities. The authorities looked at it and they're like, okay, well, until he commits a crime, there's nothing we can do. But when you see a person that's doing something like that, posting things, you know, writing a suicidal note, suicide note, and then don't really commit suicide, not immediately. That's their way of really crying out for help. They really are. And they really are seeing if anybody is actually taking the time to listen 
and seeing if they're going to react to their cry for help. I mean, let's go back to this subway shooter. If you look at the facts that when they apprehended him, he had a number of weaponry on him. Not to mention, this motherfucker used smoke grenades on a damn train. He, he, came, he came on the train loaded like he was getting ready to go to war. And he didn't even use a fraction of this stuff. So when you listen to his statements on social media, that should have drawn a flag. Then once the flag is drawn, you run his name and then you should see when his name come up, you do a background check. It should say he's making threats and he's purchased weapons, a number of weapons, ammunition, because all of that is registered. Because everything he had in his possession was registered. He didn't buy none of his weapons, to my understanding. None of his weapons was like, you know, illegal or black market, anything like that. Everything in his possession was registered. So you put that together, you say, this guy's making threats. We see that he's purchased a certain amount of weapons, ammunition, equipment, even if he just fatigues, backpacks, combat boots. You look at his history, you're like, okay, this guy, we need eyes on this guy. But nothing was done. Now, let's move forward. He attacks the train, smoke grenade. Now, the thing that kind of caught my attention, he shoots several people, but he doesn't kill none of them. Which is, that's interesting. I would really love to know, and I, had, I haven't taken the time to read more on this, but I would love to know what his actual background is. I mean, if I had to speculate, I would say military. It, he is obvious if he shoots several people with the intent to go psychotic based on his threats, you would think that it should have been at least out of the seven people that he was shooting randomly, you would think anywhere between four or five I mean, it's amazing that all those people were not killed, but he did not kill not one person. So what he was just going around shooting people in their leg, shooting them in their foot. Well, I mean, what, what the fuck? I mean, I don't, I don't get the purpose. He comes on there with an arsenal, throws smoke grenade, and literally shoots the train up, but he does not kill Nobody, nobody, you know, that in itself, it makes you wonder. Now, you know, and I'm thinking, well, was he focusing on just harming people, but he won't get a murder? Because you got to think out of all of that, 
he didn't commit murder, no killings. Now I'm sure there's a charge. The charge is obvious. You know, can can they say based on his his statements? Can they say he attempted premeditated murder? Is there such a thing? Is there such thing as an attempt of first degree murder? I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm curious to know what the charges are. But you got to realize he has to have, he's going to go through a psychiatric evaluation. And, you know, let's be real. He's going to say some crazy shit and they're going to be like, okay, they can't, they can't, they can't put him on trial because the law does not allow for you to do this. So he's going to go to a hospital. Now, this is the next layer and, you know, uh, more sadder situation in the city of New York. Everything is filled to capacity, particularly mental health facilities. Yeah, he can get assessed and be diagnosed with paranoia ideation, um, paranoid schizophrenia. He could be diagnosed with all that, but... What, where would they, where would they put him? Now, in this situation, he's going to, they're going to find room for him because this is a high profile situation. But let's say in New York, I'm sure, just like in Atlanta, there's killings every day. Every morning I wake up, the damn news is saying, and I mean this stupid ass shit in Atlanta. Again, I'm trying not to get off on a tangent, but it's like, what the fuck? is going on with these people where they just killing and shooting. And it's, it's in certain areas. It's almost like they letting it happen long as they keep it isolated and contained in certain areas. And it's sad because black people don't understand. They are allowing black people to kill black people. It's like when there's a killing in we get mad and we want to riot and you burn up your neighborhood. But if you notice, the police don't ever engage. What the police is doing, they're forming a perimeter so your black asses don't go past that perimeter and go into other people's neighborhoods. And it seems like this is, this is what's going on in these cities. But let's get back on point. It's okay. The hospitals are filled to capacities. Now, if this was a lesser case, unknown case, he'd be released and put right back on the street. Same thing with the prison system. When a certain group of people come in that have committed heinous crimes, they let the lesser people go. You know, a person that might have got caught for armed robbery, but got caught or maybe selling drugs to kids, but a mass murderer is now in, so we need his room, we need his bed. So pretty much, you gotta push the other person out. Now, you know, I get it, room is room, but it's like, 
Why don't they build more hospitals? Where I live at, they're building a damn hospital right now. And it's another hospital that's probably 15 minutes away from the new hospital that they're building. But because where I live at, certain individuals don't want to go to the same hospital with other individuals. So they're like, we got the money. We want to build our own hospital. And that's what they're doing. I mean, New York, major cities, they're filled to capacity. So what do you do with mental health individuals? You know, it's the only solution is you can renovate. Like I said, you can build. But for some reason, that's not what they want because that would resolve a problem. That would cut into crime. I mean, I, I just don't understand the philosophy of you're trying to help help people get back on their feet, treat people. But everything in this country is about fixing problems after they happen. There's no emphasis on preventive measurements. Same thing with the homeless situation. A lot of individuals, they don't want nothing to do with the homeless situation or shelters. They would rather sleep out on the streets. You know, we got tent cities in Atlanta. I'm sure everywhere else they have these tent cities because people, that's what they use. They stimulus checks. They bought sleeping bags. They bought tents, you know, camping gear, which, you know, I kind of thought that was kind of smart on their part because you use the check to buy your own little home. You don't go to a shelter because you go to the shelter they're going to take some of your money. And they're like, fuck that. I want my money to myself. So I, you know, set up my own home till they, you know, they populate and, you know, start polluting the place. And then somebody comes up with the idea, we're going to resolve the homeless problem. You didn't resolve the homeless problem. See, a lot of people think that resolving the homeless problem is getting rid of the homeless people by hiding the homeless people. That's not resolving the problem. That's just like they say, that's putting a Band-Aid over a gunshot wound. Moving people from one area into another area, which is called dumping, that's not resolving the homeless problem. In Marietta, Georgia, when they tore down multiple housing projects to build $400,000 plus condos. All the people that lived in these places, because of course, these dumbass motherfuckers, they gave them vouchers, I guess, for 5% down payment and shit. You know, 5% towards the cost of almost half million dollar condos 
But when the people cannot afford it, same thing. I've seen apartment complexes in Atlanta because one thing is clear. White folks want Atlanta back. And all these houses, dilapidated houses, these slumlord houses that's been standing for years, they're, they're knocking them down and they're building condos. They're building straight up down by the stadium, everything. They're building hotels, and they don't want people that live two blocks away coming to harass people. So they they doing everything to just basically regentrified. That's the proper word to say. But all they're doing, they're sweeping the people away when they built the stadium. That was a housing project area, a church they tore that shit down, but where did the people go? They moved them to other areas. That's dumping. This is the same thing, you know, a lot of states like Texas, California, New York, they'll literally give a homeless person a bus ticket, a train ticket. One, one way, of course, and they'll give you options. Hey, you can start all over in Texas. You can start all over in Los Angeles. You're like, okay, shit, I'm homeless. What have I got to lose? That's why Texas and Los Angeles have a major homeless um, situation. But, you know, it, it just blows my mind how people, we can resolve this, but that's not the focus because resolving a homeless situation is not profitable. Jails and the incarceration system, that's profitable. And that's where they're going to put the money at. You know, they're not going to put money in getting the people off, getting people out of the homeless shelters or off the streets. They're not, that's, you know, they, they're not going to put money in the education system. They ain't going to do nothing that stupid because that will actually work. And if it work, that's their profits. People keep saying, you know, we're going we gonna to resolve this. No, they're not resolving it. Like I said before, solving the homeless problem means finding homes for individuals, getting them cleaned, I mean, mentally cleaned, physically as well, and giving them something to stand up for. Even these Medicaid and SSI checks is bullshit. $780 or whatever, $780 or $800 a month. What is that? What is that? And there's no, there's no, I guess, what's the word? I don't want to say a catch, but there's there's no, no strings attached to that to say, okay, to get this check, you got to be clean. You got to test. If you don't have if you don't have an education system, if you don't have education, you got to show something. You got to make an attempt for this. All these 
all these businesses begging for people to come to work. And I get it. I don't and I don't blame people for not wanting to work because if you're going to go to work and they're going to treat you like shit. No. Why would you do that? But give people more authority so that when an employer treats them like shit, they can counteract. Give them rights. That way, let the employer know that when you treat me like shit or you work me over past my hours and whatnot, I can I can take a course of action. These are the things that need to be put in place. But I mean, you know, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with this guy. Personally, I believe you probably never hear from him again. Yeah, he's going to. Yeah, they're going to, you know, he's going to have his day in court. Somebody's going to cover it. But, I mean, really, if he is deemed unstable, you probably won't ever hear this guy ever again. One of the last things I want to talk about is in the state of Georgia, the sitting governor is being challenged by the previous losing U.S. Senator, who is being endorsed by Donald Trump. The sitting governor was one of Donald Trump's pets. However, he didn't do what Donald Trump wanted him to to do. And when I say that Governor Kemp was Donald Trump's lapdog, that's an understatement. Because when COVID hit, and states were going back and forth on should they shut down, you know, not listening to the CDC, which is right here in Atlanta, Georgia. And Georgia was opening up because it's what the president wanted. Governor Kemp went right along. Governor Kemp literally put the best interest of the president of the United States before all of the citizens in the state of Georgia, which to a certain point made things a little worse. And then when it came time for the election and Trump boldly said, I want you to find me X number of votes, so that will carry me over and I'll win Georgia. The state attorney general said no. So Kemp had to go along with it, which in my heart, he didn't. He didn't want to. Which, of course, that pissed his master off, won Donald Trump, and pretty much Trump just, I mean, Trump just jumped all over him, jumped in his shit. Okay, here go David Perdue. He's running for a senator re-election. He loses. So now he's like, oh, what can I do? Oh, I'm going to run for governor. Because this is all this guy knows. Politics. This is how he makes his money. Won't bring nothing new to the state of Georgia. Didn't bring nothing new when he was in the Senate. But just, he needs a job. 
because technically he has no value. You'd be amazed how many senators and, oh, my God, the reps that just you you never heard of, but them motherfuckers have been in office 10, 15, 20 years. You never heard of them, but that's that's all they do. It's a decent paying job. They get a nice little budget and they got a little bit of power. And that's what it's all about. But what is ironic, going back to the Republicans um, in the state of Georgia, you got two Republicans. But what is so interesting, they have a primary but both of them are focused on Stacey Abrams, who is the top Democrat candidate. And you see commercials. It's so funny. You might be sitting watching TV and you'll see a commercial and it'll have a Brian Kemp commercial attacking Stacey Abrams. You know, saying she's this and she's not going to do that. Or if it wasn't for Stacey Abrams, Georgia would have been in this circumstance, you know, bringing shit up from COVID because, you know, Stacey Abram, she was listening to the CDC when the CDC says shut down. See, it's easy to say she would have been wrong. It's easy to say that now, but at the time, it's what the recommendation was because nobody knew shit about what was going on with COVID. And they still don't because I just heard that the vice president who has all of the shots, boosters included, and she still tested positive for COVID. So nobody really knows how this is really panning out. But he's going to bring that rhetoric up. Then two commercials later, there's a commercial about David Perdue attacking Brian Kemp for the election situation which is probably more recent. And then Brian Kemp commercial comes on attacking David Perdue. Now, what's smart is Stacey Abram, she ain't saying shit. She just watching, like I've always said, when you got two pit bulls fighting, you don't get in between them. You let one either kill the other one or severely damage one or both, then you step in and you have at it. But it just shows you that you got two Republican governor candidates that really aren't shit. They aren't standing for nothing, but they got to not only throw shit at each other, but they also got to attack the Democrat candidate that neither one know if the other one is even going to challenge. Ain't that some shit? And on that note, we'll leave it at that. As always, if you agree with my comments, please let me know. If you disagree with my comments, please let me know. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, a lot of stuff I post on those pages. Love to hear your comments on those things as well. But until next time, 
This has been another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am Osaze Shabazz. As always, I still believe in taking precautions with COVID. I've had my shots, got my booster, about to get another booster, but I still wear a mask when I'm in very populated areas. And I would strongly advise you to do the same. Until next time, God bless, stay safe, take care. All right, guys, thanks for listening to There's a System to This Madness podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe. To continue the discussion that we had today, make sure to check out our Facebook page. See y'all next week.